What up? Welcome to the Pinstripe Podcast. I'm Scott. Today, I'll be doing this all alone. Lexi won't be able to make it. She's working. So, just me this week. So, without further ado, let's just go hop right into the week that we saw from the Yankees. So, we saw a very good week. End of the week, I should say. We saw two good series against the Nationals and then against the Rays. And go start off with the Nationals. Uh, we saw the Yankees that we're used to seeing. We saw a team that really was not hitting too well. This is a, the team that we saw at the beginning of the season. We went and was able to go and give Max Scherzer a 10K night within the first four innings. So within the opportunity of 12 outs, Max Scherzer is able to strike out 10 of them. I think he ended with 14, I'd like to say, strikeouts on the night, uh, which honestly is a good turnaround after four innings of basically straight strikeouts. But again, still don't want to go and give 10Ks through four innings. That is just kind of disappointing. Other than that, though, I think we saw great pitching. We've already talked about how we saw Kluber uh, have a great start. Uh, We've seen go and we've seen everybody kind of go and, and mix in good starts of course I'd like to say behind Cole because that's the most necessary um, Cole we always have that confidence in everybody knows Cole is going to do well but you don't see it as much We or at least we hope to see it with the other starters we saw it a few good starts from Ramon we saw good starts from Kluber and later I'll get into the Monty start that we saw. So on Saturday, as I was saying, that was the game against um, the Nationals and Scherzer pitched. He pitched seven innings, let up two hits, and got 14 Ks in the night. So that's really not something that you're looking forward to. It's not something you like to see. And as I said, through the first four innings, he had 10 Ks. So... That's something we really had to turn around in the moment, and we really did. Being able to go completely flip it all the way around from going from 10Ks in four innings to be able to go and put up four runs in the Nationals to go and win that through extras, which, you know, is extras. So it's the weird rule. I don't really like the rule. We've talked about this before. I feel like games end too early. But that was our Saturday game. And then to close out and win... The series against the Nationals, which is huge, being able to go and keep our streak going, even if you don't win them all, getting those series wins is the most important. We saw great plays all around, all through the team. We started hitting. Actually, we started uh, playing well together. I mean, this is a game. Uh, We're seeing the the Yankees able to go and his first one of the season. uh, And so he started looking up and looking like he could start heating up, but sadly. We're at the point now where he had to sit down the other night because of uh, waiting on COVID test results, and now he had an inconclusive test, so he had to sit out again. Uh, But going off of that, going off of the COVID tests, we have the sad news that there are seven positive tests on the Yankees, like just on their not just on their roster, but all around seven positive tests, which is a huge hit. And that's not something that, like, you. it doesn't matter the team you, you cheer for. Seven positive tests is nothing good. Um, but to go and continue 
on the Yankees specifically. We saw Aaron Judge go, and this is kind of shifting from the Nationals now to this Rays series that we had. Uh, Aaron Judge was starting extremely slow. He was doing awful at the end of last week going that uh, National series. He was going like one for 26, something like that, something mad terrible. And still in the three-hole for some reason, which, you know, I question. But this week it kind of resulted in a good way. We saw Aaron Judge go and start hitting. He went and hit a dinger against the Rays, able to go and kind of start something up of his own. Of course, we've been seeing, though, we've been seeing the Yankees been doing their thing offensively. Gio has been doing extremely well. Higgy's been doing well. We're seeing the production from the people that we have always been. LeMahieu still not doing as cash money as we want him to. Stanton still destroying the ball the most literal way possible. Um, and how can I forget the most important thing? We saw the return of Luke Voigt. Huge, huge need, huge necessity bringing him back. Uh, he really uh, didn't have extremely perfect entrance back into the lineup, but you really can't be expecting flawlessness when the guy's just been out. So, good way of going and getting him integrated back into the team, getting him playing. But, you know, can't expect too much in too soon of a time span. As I said before, uh, Glaver went and had to sit out because of COVID tests. So we had a uh, nice Tyler Wade come in. Um, and, you know, he did, I'd like to say he did a job. He was able to go be a, a solid replacement, a replacement that worked well enough to go and keep us with two dubs against the Rays. Now, recording this, recording this on Thursday, we have the win of the series, but I will not know if we have the sweep that comes out later tonight. Hopefully we can. I think that a huge help is having Glass now sit this week. Um, and we're ending the series with Tyone, who's been on and off. But we'll see how that all goes. So with the first game against the Rays, we had a great defensive game. We saw... Monty go out and pitch easily the best game that I have ever seen him pitch. He went six strong and was pitching an absolute gem. Going and watching highlights, I mean, if you go and watch any highlight of him pitching from that game, he was on the corners, on the lines all day, and he was killing it with a fastball changeup combo. It's been working so well. He went six innings, two hits, one earned, nine Ks. Amazing, especially for him, especially going and helping the team out so much because having, we talked about this before, being able to have a pitcher who can go deeper into games than just Cole. We saw Monty, as I just said, go six strong, which saves arms because you just go Monty, Oizico went two, and then Chapman went and finished for the save. So I think that being able to go and use less arms 
especially with the arms that we have in our bullpen, which are so valuable, going and being able to save them for only when we need them. Only a, a, a small reliever situation is always a big help. So that was Monty's night. Went absolute amazing game. We saw another great start from a starter who wasn't Cole, which is the most important thing. And then offensively, this is where we saw Judge start turning around. He went and homered in the beginning. And we're seeing... that's We, start, we started to see a turnaround. Judge start to be a little bit less of a one for 24 or whatever he was. Being able to go and, and be able to start making contact. And that's the biggest thing about him that he's always had. Everybody always joked his first two years was just, hey... You want to strike him out, go and throw a slider in the outside. He won't be able to touch it, and he wouldn't. But that was the first game against the Rays. He went, Monte did a great job. Judge started his streak. I wouldn't say a streak, but started getting hot. Then our second game, this one just happened Wednesday night. Tight, tight game. Very close. Uh, Judge, specifically, uh, just staying on Judge, he went and he also had a very solid game. Four ABs, three hits. Again, a complete turnaround from what he was like against the Nationals and before the National Series. So that was a, a huge thing. Cole pitched exactly how you expect him to. Went eight innings, four hits, 12 Ks. Made him the second fastest pitcher to 1,500 Ks, which is crazy. Going, he went eight innings, as I said. Coda went nine, but, you know, go and throw Chapman out there and see how it went, and it went well. I think that, personally, Chapman is the best, I'd say the best closer in the game. There was debate of him or Hater. I think that Chapman has got him beat. I think the addition of the splitter this year, is the biggest help for him because he's changing from just a fastball slider, which, I mean, most guys won't be able to touch the fastball. They wait for that slider. You saw it against the Astros in the playoffs. You saw it against the Rays in the playoffs. They wait for that high slider, and they just rip it. Going and being able to throw that splitter as well keeps the the hitters on their toes a little bit more, and especially with how it moves differently. The fastball is just a straight freaking line. Uh, the slider is, it's, it's the speed of most other fastballs that they'd see. But of course it moves a little bit, but still at the same time, if he throws it in the wrong place, that's when people are gonna attack and jump on it. But the splitter, the splitter is probably the biggest and best thing that they could have that Chapman could have added to his arsenal, be able to change speeds a little bit more, be able to change ball movement. And that has helped him so much having a perfect ERA 0.00 so far on the year. So I think that's huge and it's really helped him a lot. And I mean, that game still can't get run support uh, behind Cole. I don't know what the heck is up with that. I think people just go and be like, ah, Cole's playing. Let me just knock my chair up just go and, and take a seat 
take a take a seat in the chair and just let it all go. He's got this in the bag. He does it all the time. Um, so one nothing. Not the game you want with Cole pitching, but can't argue with the dub. Can't ever argue with the dub. And as I said, hey, we currently have just won a series against the Rays. Thank freaking God. Haven't seen that in a while. We've won the series already. As I said, I don't know uh, if we get this sweep. I'm recording this right before their game, so I wouldn't be able to go and determine that. But I'm happy we got a series win. That's few series wins in a row, which is extremely thankful. That's we're on a, we're on a, a good streak here. We're just out of first place, right behind the Red Sox. But <laughs> we're only one game behind the, the the Sox, so we'll see how this all goes. This is, the Red Sox are having a freaking year though. But the biggest takeaways that I like to think of from this past week is easily we're starting to get our bats to go. Aaron Judge has really turned everything around. We still have a slight issue with our outfield. Minus will now judge, but we're still not seeing amazing production offensively from Frazier or Gardner. Hicks is starting to turn everything around, which is also really good to see. Torres, we are still questionable on. He looked like he was turning everything around, but it got cut short. DJ, uh, I still can't watch on TV. I don't know how he's going to be doing. I have to close my eyes because he's going to ground out to short if I watch. Geo uh, has been doing Geo things. Amazing stuff. He's been the big part of the team offensively and defensively. Uh, Voight, of course, just coming back, just starting, so... We'll see what we can get from him. I think it's amazing to have him back as a leader, as a first baseman, and being able to go and hopefully get a bat going in the lineup. We did see a lot of production from him when he was in the minors, kind of uh, stepping in. So hopefully he brings that up to the big leagues. Sanchez, Sanchez is, you know, he's, I'd say he's doing his thing. He's not being overly amazing. And I wouldn't say he's being embarrassing. He went just last night, uh, Wednesday night, I should say, um, had a great play uh, in the ninth inning to go and get the first out, runner on first. Chapman went and threw a wild pitch. Um, Cha- um, Sanchez was go- was set up down and in on a righty. The throw went up and away, so it was across the body completely. Sanchez didn't have a shot to really catch it. He got a lucky bounce right off the backstop, kicked right out about three feet from him, able to gun the runner out over at second. So defensively, Gary did his thing. He had a great arm. He used his great arm. Offensively, it's been a little little so-so. But that's really all that I have on the Yankees. Uh, I mean, our pitching is still being extremely good. We have Tyone on the mound tonight. He's got to go and look to go and put another good night out hopefully we can go and get two um like of our secondary starters to go and and pitch well each series instead of just one it seems like we've had luck of only having one starter do do well whether at sermon going and then nobody else does well except cole 
Uh, we have Kluber doing well. Cole does well. And then nobody else really does well as a starter. Um, Tyone doing well. Cole doing well. Nobody else doing well. And this week, Monty doing well. Cole doing well. And then hopefully Tyone can do well as well. Oh, and I uh, almost forgot a nice minor detail. Uh, Clint Frazier got tossed for saying almost nothing to an umpire. Went and pitched. Was a little inside. Should have been a ball, but called strike three on him. Clint wasn't happy with the call. Turned around, took like two steps to the ump, said something pretty calmly kind of at the ground, not even looking at the ump. And the ump just went, oh, you gone, and uh, tossed him, which is quite interesting. I mean, we talked about this in another week. We probably have one of the worst umpiring events in all of baseball this year has been extremely rough at the same time i'm just gonna bring this up john boy went and put a nice video out of an umpire who was almost perfect and the guy was has almost always been perfect which is great to see kind of a guy not getting the respect he needs especially as an umpire and especially in a year like this year where we've been extremely rough with umpires and they have not been good at all but now Let's kind of shift around to different parts of the league. I want to start it off, and we talked about this with Glaber. Glaber went and got a uh, a COVID test and had to sit out a few games because of it. Uh, Padres, they also got struck with the COVID hammer. I mean, big. Fernando Tatis out with COVID, which is a huge hit. I mean, of course it's a huge hit, but that didn't really slow them down. They were still able to go and play, I'd say, better than the Dodgers, because the Dodgers are on a rough spell. But they did something that was pretty dang fun. They went and put a squeeze bunt. A squeeze bunted a runner. From third to home. So they're playing the small ball. Which. Big brains. You don't see that much. Um, But. They've been going. And Padres have been doing. So so. Alright. Another player. That I really haven't. I didn't mention. Yet, but I mean, who can forget Jason Dominguez finally getting old enough to actually play, not yet in the majors, but be able to go and get some time in. He was able to go in his first AB in the minors, was able to go and rip a double. He's been doing pretty darn well. I'd say I like to say he's holding for himself, but he's going and gonna be, he's gonna have a lot of attention around him. For the next while, I'd like to say. I can't even, can't even tell you how long it's going to be because he's so young. And I think he has a lot of hype around him. So he has a lot to prove. But, of course, looking for big things from him. Uh, the Miners. Let's stick with that then. We saw a few good things come from the Miners this week. Of course, just starting up. We've already seen a few people get pulled up. One of the big ones, Jared Klenick, 
for the Mariners is being pulled up. That's their number one prospect. He's just being pulled up today. Uh, so we're really kind of seeing now this. The organizations start to go and bring in these rookies now, which I think is going to be fun to watch. Um, another amazing thing that happened is Drew Robinson. I don't know if you guys heard about who he is. Basically, he's a player for the Sacramento River Cats, which uh, is affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. And he went and lost an eye a year ago to a suicide attempt. So extremely sad, extremely sad. But he was able to survive. Again, only lost an eye, still playing baseball. And just the other day, he went and hit a home run, which is amazing to see. Amazing thing to kind of play. That's that's the thing above baseball. That's always really, really great to see. Going, and our last minor league thing, and people are not going to be happy about this, but you gotta, you got to at least give a little respect. The Houston Astros, I know, nobody's happy about that, but the Houston Astros are providing furnished apartments to minor league players across all levels this season, which is a really great thing. Something people don't really think about, I think, enough is that pay difference between minor league and major league minor league you get paid basically nothing you don't get you don't get all that much being in a minor league team you're really living off of off of hopes and dreams so they don't live in the nicest places all the time sometimes they will sometimes they will uh, most times though they won't so the astros going and providing that for their minor league team is is really a huge thing and i think that's Although we all hate them, gotta gotta give a little respect to them for doing that. So how can I talk about this week without talking about Wade Miley? Wade Miley, a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, threw the next no-hitter this year. I want to say next because I don't know don't know what the hell's up this year. Something something's up. Something's up. Why are there so many no-hitters? Something's up. I'm I'm waiting for YouTube videos on this, um, but he went and had a great no hitter. I feel like that that's the biggest thing is you're getting no hitters from pitchers that people don't really know about. You saw John Means do it. Of course, we had Wade Miley. We had a few people all around the league, different teams. Joe Musgrove, I mean, kind of a popular pitcher, but not on his team, not the most popular pitcher. We saw. I don't I don't know what's up. I don't know what's up with these these games, but I means great to see. It's always fun to see a no-hitter. So, sticking on pitchers, let's go to Josh Hader. I already talked about this in in comparison to Chapman, but Hader went and was the fastest player to get to 400 career strikeouts in MLB ha- uh, history. He did it in 200 and 34.2 innings pitched. So 234 and two-thirds innings pitched, 400 Ks, which 
damn crazy. Kid throws hard. It works. He is easily one of the best. Easily one of the best, I like to say. One of the best closers. Big discussion of who's better, Hater or Chapman. I personally think Chapman, but, I mean, that's a stat that you really can't be upset with either. More and more about pitchers. Dustin May went and finished his Tommy John surgery all okay, so now he's on the recovery track, which takes quite a while, but it's always good to go and see surgery went well and that he does have a good chance of being back on the field probably within the next 12 months. Flipping over a bit, let's go to pitchers doing things other than pitching. Jack Flaherty, pitcher for the Cardinals, big pitcher for the Cardinals, cranked one 416 against the Rockies, not in Colorado. So it was it was actually him. So always always fun to see pitchers rake. Just two more things about some pitchers. We saw an amazing play by Tyler Mastek. Pitcher for the Braves. Threw one as the Braves against the Phillies. Pitch against Gene Segura. Segura shoots one right up the middle. Maztec goes and takes it behind the head. So he's a lefty, so going back towards first, kind of went through his glove behind his head and made the play, made a double play look extremely casual and planned out. Like I think he went, and once he saw it, he knew what he was doing, which I don't know how that was dang crazy. We also saw... A similar thing, but not quite similar, um, by Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber went and caught a ball 111 miles an hour off the bat at 60 feet, which is pretty dang fast, if I say so myself. Watching it on, on live speed, it's almost impossible to actually see the ball come at him. Uh, but, you know, I applaud him. That's a hell of a catch. Uh, one last thing I forgot to mention this is we saw Alex Reyes, also for the Cardinals, be able to go and finish a game with six consecutive sliders. Six sliders. That's That's pretty weird. I can't imagine the batters going, seeing two people, at least two people go down, being like, slider, slider, slider. Uh, he won't throw the slider next, slider. He won't throw the slider, slider, slider. And so, a thing, a theory, and a strategy that you don't ever, ever see, especially from a closer going and throwing sliders, going off speed to go and close a game out. But he did, and it worked, and... Now, whoever plays against them is going to be pretty, pretty scared, pretty on their feet, ready for it. But I don't think you'd probably really do that all that much. Now, some sad news, news that I called, kind of. Jacob deGrom 
is currently on the 10-day IL because of right side tightness. I called it last week. Once he skipped a start, I was like, oh, no. Lexi thought I was crazy. She was like, oh, it's only one start. It really won't hurt them. I was like, hmm, huh, only one start, 10 days. So I'm right. just want to make it be known. But along with that, the Mets um, are on a nice win streak, seven-game win streak. And so they're running the stuff over there in the NL. And I think all this started simply with probably a right hook. Uh, <laughs> for those who don't know, the other day, uh, Lindor and Jeff McNeil went and got a, had a little discussion. So there was a play uh, that Lindor took, and Lindor and McNeil really didn't agree on it too much. So they went, and they went in the tunnel to kind of discuss. Uh, one thing, I guess, led to another. Nobody really knows what happened, but at some point, there were Mets who were going and also other Mets who were going and running uh, into the tunnel, like running into the tunnel. So it seemed to get a little heated. But after the game, when questioned about it, Lindor just goes and said, as most people have probably heard, I thought it was a New York rat. Jeff was telling me it was a raccoon. I don't know if, you know, that would really be convincing enough for me. If somebody goes and half your team ran down the tunnel and you're like, no, it's a rat. And they're like, no, it's a raccoon. And then you have Pete Alonzo come sprinting down and they're like, oh, no, we're just arguing if that's a rat or a raccoon. Yeah, I don't believe it. But we saw some great turnaround after that. Lindor went and started to turn his life around. He started to turn everything around. He went, hit a home run. He went, and the and the Mets started winning. I mean, of course, DeGrom went and got hurt. But as I said, they're on a seven-game win streak. So I really wouldn't question anything that's going on. Another quite interesting thing about the Mets is Patrick Mazika. Um, Maz- I don't know how to say it. Mazika, I'd like to say. Uh, went and has three career at-bats currently with the Mets, uh, has zero hits, but has two walk-offs. Walk-off fielder's choice that has won the Mets two of their seven games. So that's a real fun stat. I think that's that's so hilarious, not having a hit yet but having two walk-offs. So that's a continuation on the Mets' roll up in first. Another great award that we saw this week, uh, we saw Cole go and be the fastest to 1,500, or sorry, second fastest to 1,500 Ks. We also saw Miguel Cabrera go and top Babe Ruth for career hits. Babe Ruth, um, his record was 2,873. Cabrera broke that the other day, went and was able to get the boost on. The old man got the boost on the babe. 
But some fun things that happen. I'd say some funny things. The Dominican Republic went and has interest in going and having uh, Albert Pujols play for the national team at the Tokyo Olympics. So the old man who got cut from a team may not be done with baseball yet. Another fun thing, we saw Alex Blandino and Luis uh, Oviedo of uh, the Reds and the Pirates have a nice little standoff after the national anthem. Blandino did end up coming on top. Man was a statue, did not move. Uh, so that's always fun to see that. You haven't seen that in a while, and I think that that's, that's really entertaining. Uh, there are videos of just the in, the entire standoff, which I think is hilarious that somebody who would film that and be like, all right, just sit there, just sit there, just go in and don't move the camera. <laughs> so kind of a little hype up there for the Reds. Finally, uh, not finally, I have a few more things, but there is news, big news, Oakland is planning on moving. So they're planning on relocating the Oakland Athletics to somewhere else. Where that is, is undecided. They're just kind of thinking of it. So I think personally, let's start before I go with my personal opinion. Most people are thinking, or at least rooting for Vegas. I understand Vegas. It's not too far of a move. They're just going one state over. But also, there's it's the same. I feel the same way about the Raiders. You just like nobody likes Coliseum. Nobody, I get that. Nobody likes a Coliseum. The Coliseum's not a nice enough place. But I really don't know where the heck you can fit stuff in Vegas. I think that it's a huge thing of promoting betting, of course. It's a huge thing there. Anybody would know that. But I feel like kind of stealing almost two teams, first of all, stealing two teams from the same area, I think that's kind of funny. I think that is going to get a lot of people upset. At the same time, I don't think of Vegas and I don't think of a baseball team. I mean, of course I I won't, but I don't think of baseball at all. It might be because I'm not enough into betting, because I can't. But I just don't think that those two mix very well. I think that there are a few good places that they can move to. I personally think that the best one or the one that I want to see would be like a Nashville. A Tennessee, I mean, I I want one kind of in the east. I know that's a very far move, which makes it improbable. But I think a move to to kind of the East would kind of be a, a cool one. I think Nashville is a big thing that needs it. People were saying Portland. I don't think Portland needs one. You have the Mariners if you really want. Um, people are saying Charlotte. I understand Charlotte too. I think that Carolina kind of needs uh, – the Carolinas would be cool to have a team. But I think people would say that they have the Braves. Sacramento. I think is an interesting pull. Uh, I think it's a it's a 
town that really, I mean, they have the Kings, but that's really it. You're staying in Cali. You're not really moving too, too far. Um, again, Portland. I feel like Portland kind of has the Mariners, but then again, who wants to be a Mariners fan? So Portland actually kind of makes a little sense. But of course, at the same time, people are going completely opposing it. It's just because Oakland is not really the best place for them. It's not really working out for them. Uh, the Coliseum is just a terrible place. Uh, nobody liked playing football there. And baseball, I feel like it's just kind of too big. So that's what they're they're looking for relocation. They're not saying they will. They're just exploring the idea. And the final thing I want to talk about, a weird time to say this, but I want to explore award possibilities. So the MVP and the Cy Young. So let's start off the AL MVP. I'd like to say that, I mean, everybody thinks it's going to be Trout. Probably will be Trout. I think that he's leading in so many categories, and I think that he kind of has it in the bag. But if you take out Trout, if you if you say, if the MLB goes and says, hey, no more, no, 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 you can't be, you can't be a cheat code, and they go and they just somehow cut him out, I think right now Otani is probably the next best thing. Otani is doing extremely well pitching. He was there's a stat. Technically, he was the first um, player to go and pitch, and then lead off the next day. Which I don't really understand how that's the surprising thing when he's went pitched and led off in the same game. But MLB does MLB things. But I think that that that's huge. I think Otani is doing extremely well as long as he stays healthy, and as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, if not three-quarters of the things that he's doing right now. He's doing extremely well pitching, doing extremely well hitting, played his first game in right field. So I think that he is a huge part, a huge leader. I think another person, Byron Buxton, I think he'd be right behind Otani. Buxton's been doing so well. The Twins have been doing so terrible. But... He's been going and putting up good numbers, been hitting extremely well, still fast as lightning, and I think that he is a, a, a big name that people need to be looking at. And this list that I have in front of me has J.D. Martinez and Vlad Jr. as well. I think that they are valid names, but I don't think that they are up there enough. I think J.D. and Xavier Bogarts are both doing extremely well for the Red Sox. I think both of them are important for them, and I don't think it's just JD. And then Vlad, he's been doing well. He's been doing extremely well. I feel like he's been having times of doing amazing and then doing good. I think that that's kind of the big difference between him being one of the top names in the MVP race. NL, I think right now at the moment, Acuna has that strapped down. Acuna's been doing extremely well. The Braves haven't been doing as perfect. I think they're in second right now, so they're not doing, I mean, they might be in third. It might be the Phillies in second. I don't know off the top of my head, but Acuna has been the best thing for the Braves that they could have. They've been doing extremely well. He's been hitting. He's been 
running out ground balls, infield grounders. He's been playing the field extremely well. He's been doing everything that he needs to do. I think that's why he should be number one in the MVP award. But I think it's a close number two to Jacob DeGrom. I think DeGrom needs to stay healthy, and I think that him being a pitcher hurts him so much because he goes and you're only getting an appearance once every whatever it is, five days, four days. So I think that hurts him the most. That's why he really hasn't gotten an MVP, why he, everybody wants him to be, but it's so tough when you get so little appearances. This list has Chris Bryant as well. I don't know. I don't, I'd like to say I haven't heard enough about Chris Bryant. I think Anthony Rizzo just because he struck out Freddie Freeman, but you know, that's my personal opinion. <laughs> um, Bryce Harper is also on the list. I think that the whole thing of the, uh, all the Phillies have been doing pretty well. Uh, the Phillies you're expecting to do. Reese Hoskins been playing well. Bryce Harper's been playing well. Didi's been, I'd like to say, been doing a job. Um, but I think Acuna currently has the NL MVP wrapped up. Well, not wrapped up, but at the current moment, it'd be him. Cy Young, AL. The list has Cole, Bieber, Rodon, Chapman, and Kopech. Cope. Yeah. Uh, I think that Cole is a great choice, number one. I think his numbers have been insane. Um, I mean, we talk about it all the time here. I don't think I need to say much more. He's been the number one for a while. Bieber being a number two, I think is just as probable as it was last year. It's a tough matchup between the two. Um, Rodon and Kopech, I feel like both of them probably need to... I just think they need to do a tiny bit more. I mean, of course, going getting no hitters, amazing. But I feel like they kind of have to do a little bit more than that. Be a little more more for their team than just the, the one game. And I think, at least in comparison to Bieber and Cole, the no hitter is very good, but... I think that there's a very big difference between Cole and Be- like Cole Bieber and then these others. Chapman's on the list purely because of his ERA. 0.00. Amazing ERA. Uh, I think right now, yes, he'd be on the list. He wouldn't, he, I don't think he'll get it at all. Because I'm going to be honest, it's only a matter of time until that run does come in. And then right as that run comes in and his ERA changes a slight bit, everybody's going to go and completely change their mind. I think it's amazing what he's doing. I already talked about how uh, the integration of the splitter is probably the most important thing for him. But I just think he doesn't really have much of a shot as a Cy Young. I mean, especially being a reliever, or closer specifically, but being that reliever who doesn't get a ton of innings is going to be really tough to go and get an award. And I'll Cy Young. Don't even have to talk about it. It's going to be Jacob DeGrom. Corbin Burns is also on it with five games played, 29 innings pitched, zero walks. I think that's probably the, the biggest reasoning for him to be up there. Brandon Woodruff's up there. Joe Musgrove, Alex Wood, all those pitchers, I still don't think they have a shot against DeGrom. And then they also have Rookie of the Year. Um, the only one that I have a comment about is uh, Jazz Chris Holm for the... Marlins, uh, I've seen a ton for him. I think, I mean, he's still young. 
uh, but I think he has a lot going for him. I think he's a really fun player, and we've already talked. We've always talked about this. Fun is the key to the game. Fun is the future of the game, and I think he's doing a really good job uh, bringing that back. Uh, I I don't like to go and comment on rookie of the year mainly because the idea of rookies in baseball always confuses me. Like I understand rookie in in football. I understand rookie in the NBA because you go, you get drafted, and you play. And those are the guys that you know. You're like, hey, that guy just got drafted. Justin Herbert just got drafted. Hey, he won rookie of the year because he played. For the MLB, it's like, hey, this guy got drafted four years ago, but he's making his first year in the MLB right now, so ha-ha, he's a rookie. And you're like, okay, he's 36. Like, bro. Um... So I don't really like to go and touch Rookie of the Year because I don't understand it enough. It's like if you go and you play half a season, that's not technically your rookie season. It's until you go and play your whole first season, which, it as I said, it it's just so much. It's too much for me. <laughs> so I don't like to go and touch uh, Rookie of the Year. But, yeah, that is all that I have for this week. We had... A great week of baseball, really entertaining week of baseball. Big things happened, small things happened, um, everything in between. Uh, I think that we have a nice fun year for the rest of the year coming up for the rest of us. This week not really being a huge week uh, for games. I don't think there's really any game that is extremely like uh, tense or something like that. Something. I think that there will be good games, of course, but I don't think there are those games that are the rivalry games or the ones that like everybody's looking forward to. But hopefully the Yankees can go and pick up a sweep tonight as we got Tyone on the mound. Hopefully we can go and continue having our offense uh, exist. Uh, and then we got a nice series against the Orioles. Hey, look at that. We're going and just playing division rivals again. But what are you going to do? <laughs> So, yeah, we got that going. We got, um, so until the next episode, we got the Rays and then the Orioles and then the Rangers. And then we'll be back here right before the end of the Rangers series. So hopefully Yankees can go and keep producing offensively. Hopefully the pitching can still be up there, but I'm not too worried about that because Raiders, we have, if our Starting pitcher does not do well. We still have our entire bullpen to do well. Cough, cough. Michael King <laughs> still hasn't been used. Still perfect, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, you know, hey, hint, hint, Yankees, go and start using the man. But if we keep winning, I'm not going to keep complaining. But that's all I have to say this week. Thank you for listening. If you want to go and contact us in any way, um, if you want to go like, share, subscribe, however you need to do it on whatever you're listening to this to, uh, remember, uh, if you want to go talk baseball, get news, do the thing, go follow us uh, on Instagram, uh, pinstripe.podcast. And you can go and get all the updates on the games, lineup cards, anything like that that we need, big updates around the league. All that's right there for you. So, yeah, that's all I have for this week. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a good one. Bye.